What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. For today's episode, we sat down with Stephanie Garcia of Mama Breaks. We talked about what it was like to be a breaker, um, what it's like being a woman in the hobby, and just got into how she got started on her journey, what it's been like as an influencer that's been to you know Fanatics events at the All-Star Game, and one that even has her own card in a tops set. It was an awesome conversation. I think you guys will really enjoy it. So let's go. Kick is on the way, and it is good. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Sports Card Madness. Today, I am here with a very special guest, Stephanie Garcia of Mama Breaks. She is crushing it in the breaking world, and I love following her. Um, what I like about her uh, Instagram you know, following the most is that she not only does sports cards, but she does Star Wars, and I'm a huge Star Wars guy, so I think that's awesome. Stephanie, welcome to the pod. Thanks for coming. That's awesome. Always a, a pleasure to meet another Star Wars fans, especially if you know the card. So thank you for having me on the show. You got it. So can you tell the audience a little bit about, you know, what you do, kind of how you came up with the name Mama Breaks and just how you got into all this? I I, I know personally, but I just love to hear it, you know, from the yeah, horse's I, mouth. I definitely. So what I do is card breaking. I do card breaks. Um, right now we're five days a week. We do case breaks for baseball, Star Wars, even soccer. And kind of how I got started is really I decided to start collecting during quarantine. I uh, I collected Pokemon cards and I ripped baseball packs. I wouldn't even say I collected baseball cards. I just ripped packs and I was looking for, you know, Dodgers and I'd put them in my binder. I didn't really, really recognize like that there was a whole world out there of like collecting rookie cards and things being super valuable or anything. So that's kind of how I um, I grew up around cards. I did collect Pokemon cards, and I remember that being huge when I was like in elementary school, early middle school. But um, yeah, once uh, quarantine popped up, I was teaching from home at the time, and I realized that it was becoming popular again. So I thought, let me, you know, go to Target and get some stuff to open. And then I thought, let me get my dad a cool card for his birthday. And then I just felt, I tell people I fell down the hobby rabbit hole because I started recognizing that there's all kinds of these amazing cards that I was falling in love with, like, you know, Bowman blue refractors, numbered cards, autograph cards, these like, I kind of make fun of it because like we make fun of it now, but really these like zebra prints and, and tiger prints, I just thought they were really awesome. And I was a big Dodger fan growing up. So just. It really ties me back to to being a kid, you know, collecting baseball cards and kind of I was thinking I wanted a hobby. I, at the moment, I was thinking how my kids are young. So at the moment, my kids are four and uh, two. So I, I'm constantly trying to think of ways that we can make memories together. And I thought, you know, maybe I start a collection with them and we open packs together. And that's something they remember me by and they can hold these cards to remember me by one day, I was thinking. And then when I decided, when I started really getting into the hobby is when I started joining breaks. I found breaks on Instagram live and I just started joining them and I started opening like rip and ships on, 
online and I became really fascinated with that aspect of the hobby and I felt like I wanted to do it too because I enjoy it and here we are today mama breaks is just I'm a mom first and that's why I started this whole thing is to to make memories with my kids so that is so cool you know I myself have a couple of kids and during COVID similar to your situation you know we were just bored looking for fun things to do and my son kind of got into cards I think he was six at the time and we started sending out cards to players to try to get autographed. And then mm-hmm. again, it's it's a different rabbit hole, but another rabbit hole where we just went and I ended up getting the entire 1986 Fleer NBA set autographed by the end of um, like 2021, just, just from starting over COVID. So it's crazy. We've all got like a story like that. It seemed like it really sparked a lot of interest in the hobby. That's awesome. That's a really cool set. I would love to see that. <laughs> oh yeah, I got it in the closet right yeah. there. Um, That's it's, a really yeah. great idea too. I've actually really been into that lately, like just finding specific cards of players that I like and getting them aftermarket signed. I think I have a, a few cards that I'm really proud of that that I've done that with. So, what's your what's your favorite uh, one that you've done it with? Um, uh, in a triple SP out of. Why am I forgetting what year it is already? I don't know. It's out of 2020 update. So Tops update, you know, they're paper cards. Mm-hmm. It's a triple SP Magic Johnson. Ooh, and I have nice. it signed. He says, go blue World Series champs. And he has a signature. So I That's, love that card. That yeah. is so awesome. That is so awesome. That's like desk worthy, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. More than desk worthy. I just like love talking about that card. So those are the stuff that, you know, you get really proud of adding to your collection. So. Yeah, it's it's cool too. You know, it's most of the players, uh, especially if they're retired, uh, are pretty accessible. You can send stuff and get things signed. Obviously, you know, if you're going for like Mookie bets, it's uh, a different story. He's probably a little bit busy, but um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. So a lot you, you can get a lot of your like uh, players that you watch growing up because a lot of them are retiring already. So I I one of my other favorite aftermarket autographs is actually Paulo Duca on his um one of his my favorite rookie cards of his where he's kind of like resting on his shoulder there and I was actually able to meet him at mint not this past year the last year because he was also doing cards That's so awesome. that was amazing for me I mean growing up Paul Duca was my dad's favorite player and being able to meet him through doing this just felt like it felt like destiny, honestly. It's so crazy. I was like, this is all coming together for me. It's like I'm meeting one of my baseball heroes to the point where it's just like we're the same, we're on the same level, you know? Like he's no longer a baseball player. We're literally doing the same thing. We're in this space trying to trying to do cards. So that was yeah. an awesome experience too. And now you have almost a memento, right? You can show your dad, you can look at it. It's like a a, a point in time that happened and it's like a stamp of that point in time. And it's like collectible. That's what I love about it. It's so cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So Stephanie, I know uh, Mama Breaks does, obviously you do sports cards and and boxes and everything. Can you talk a little bit about why you do Star Wars? I know not every breaker goes there, right? Are you a fan or are you, uh, you know, what's that all all about? Absolutely. So when I started, um, so I started baseball mostly collecting. And when I was breaking, I first started with um, essentially football and basketball, just because it was what was most popular at the time, too. But football to me, like the 2020 football class is one of the 
best classes of all time. And that like that year select and that year optic is always going to be memorable and collectible to me because of like everything that was going around at that time. So that's what I focus on to start. But when I didn't, when I started maybe the first year, I didn't realize that Star Wars cards were out there. I kind of just, you know, it was all sports. And when I, I remember f- it was actually a table that I went to at my local card shop that hosted like card shows on the weekends. And he had this beautiful like 1996 clear zone layout, like an acetate card. And growing up, you know, my my dad actually is a huge Star Wars fan. So I grew up watching the original trilogy and even growing up, the best memories I have with my dad. When I talk about my dads, I have two. I'm lucky. I have two dads. So I have my my dad and my stepfather. My stepfather is the one that really like um, introduced baseball to me. And my my dad is the one that loves Star Wars. And growing up, whenever we would go with, with him, we would go watch all the Star Wars movies. So my fondest memories with my dad are going to watch Phantom Menace and, you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and all this. So when I when I saw Star Wars cards, I was like, wow, this is definitely something that (laughs) I appreciate and I can get into. And I started looking into it more and more. And 2021 Star Wars Galaxy Chrome just happened to come out around that time that I was discovering it. And I opened that stuff up and I was like, wow, this is absolutely gorgeous. And it just became you know, with sports cards, unfortunately, even then and even now, it's still so value-based. Like, people see it as investments or anything. I've never heard of anybody talk about Star Wars cards as being an investment. And even with this new stuff that's coming out, I mean, it's just so new. It's really hard to tell, like, what a long-term value of, like, a sixth-year Yoda portrait on a card's going <laughs> to be. But it's just literally for fun, in my opinion. So I started buying buying up the singles that I liked and I started ripping a ton. And it wasn't until and I give a lot of credit to Layden Sports Cards because when I started looking for breaks to join, they were one of the only few breakers breaking Star Wars. And I joined like a masterwork break and I got a sketch and this amazing like Bo-Katan. And I was like, oh man, this that was fun. You know, like I had I did not care what I paid for. Uh, everything I got, I enjoyed. So I was like, I could do this. Like I, I could definitely do this and I could definitely have fun doing this. And I did my first like Star Wars case break that year and I haven't looked back. And it's fortunate for me, you know, that that would have been something very difficult to continue breaking if it wasn't for Tops and Fanatics being so excited about it now and making more sets. So I think we didn't really have any standard set besides masterwork that came out every year for star wars and now moving forward we're going to have at least seven so that makes it easier for me to be like okay this is something i can break consistently and it's worth it for me but it's also been one of the the most fun thing i've done the community that's that i've met around star wars cards is just amazing it's been a wonderful year (laughs) i think it's it's important. And you, um, you mentioned it, you got to have fun at some point, you know, it can't just always be a breaking business and, you know, thinking of the margins and everything. You just want to rip something and have a good time. You know, like I'll open some star Wars packs and my kids, they they love it. I'm not trying to like flip it or make 10 X. Maybe I get a cool sparkly Yoda card and life is good. You know, 
<laughs> Life is very good with the sparkly Yoda. <laughs> sparkly Grogu is even For better. Sure. <laughs> right, I know, especially with all the new content. You know, the kids love all the the new Disney Plus shows and everything. So yeah. it's um it's a lot of fun. They're not just like feeding off of three movies from 40 years ago. There's a lot of new stuff and new things happening. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's honestly what I believe breaking to be is entertainment first and foremost. Like, mm. I don't know about the content that you like you consume or anything, but me personally, the content I enjoy consuming on YouTube or Instagram is just literally boxes being opened because mm. I love to see what's coming out. I love to see the short prints, the variations the sketch cards and star wars like that's for me to be able to provide that entertainment for people where they can come to my stream and know i'm probably going to open three or four cases of the product like that's that's something that i enjoy watching myself so it's kind of just cool. appreciating the cards first and foremost and then whatever like the subject of the cards is like that's what you're passionate about and same thing with baseball like you can open a case of baseball cards and you go over all you like nerd out about baseball mm -hmm. you nerd about you nerd out about the variations and the images and the photography that's what i enjoy so i'm very very grateful to be able to do what i do every day so yeah it's awesome and it looks like you guys are doing great now you moved into a new studio right and you're sort of scaling up and really dedicating mm -hmm. yourself to this what was that decision process like to say all right we're going kind of all in on this mama breaks thing and we're going to roll. Yeah, it's just been consistently just trying to grow at my own pace, honestly. So when I started doing it, I was very inconsistent. I was only doing a break or two a month, I think. And just slowly, you know, doing more. And it wasn't until I'm getting all my year, my years mixed up. But I've been doing this full time for a year. So I was a teacher before this, and this last school year was the first school year I did not teach. And I kind of just, again, growing at the pace that's comfortable for me. And I was thinking, okay, now I'm doing this full time and treating it like a job. And I'm doing X amount of breaks a week to make X amount of revenue a week because I'm doing X amount of hours a week. And now a year later is when I decided that, hey, you know, if I want, I can now decide to continue what I'm doing or take the next step and scale and grow. And that meant, you know, hiring some some incredible people to help me, you know, do the sorting, the shipping and the breaking. And now what became necessary is getting an office space to do all that out of because you can't, I couldn't do it in my home. I couldn't. So, of course. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I respect that. My wife was a teacher for over a decade and, um, you know, in a way, I think, yeah, you may not be teaching a class right now, but you're also reaching and teaching, you know, 20,000 plus Instagram followers, and you're continuing yeah. to educate in a different way, I think. And, and that's really cool. Absolutely. So I definitely don't get to say this enough. Like my decision to stop teaching, I did not take lightly. Mm. My number one concern and, and honestly, heartbreak was not being there for my students. Like every year I I just completely love my students. That's what I taught for. That's what I did it for. But I just thought personally, there is just, uh, you know, so much more that I can do for, for my, my students, hypothetically possible students by really showing them that they can go out there and choose to do something that they absolutely love and be successful at it. 
And when I left, and that's that's kind of the message that I left to my students, it's like, I'm going to take a risk and take a chance and bet on me that I'm going to be able to succeed at doing something that makes me extremely happy. So I hope that that's a message and a lesson that they can take and kind of like, you know, I taught in a in a community where I grew up and seeing someone like me do exactly what I'm doing, I feel like that's more that's something that I at least wanted to try. And I hate I'd hate to say it, but I could always go back to teaching. So Yeah, I mean you're um, <laughs> I probably will one day in some form or another. So I'm sure you will. Uh you know, it's 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 really touching in a way. You know, you're almost somebody that, you know, I have a 13 year old daughter and like you say, yeah, you left your your teaching job, but I would want my daughter to be somebody like you, you know, taking a risk, taking a chance. You can't, it's just so important as an entrepreneur to, I mean, to take that leap and you have, and I, I bet you're enjoying the ride, which, which is important. Absolutely. It's definitely been crazy, but the journey, and I hate to like always quote Kobe, but it's like, it's the journeys. What, what makes it, if you're not enjoying the day by day, it's, you have to figure out how to do that. For sure. Definitely. I feel like, um, you know, 13 year old me would think I'm pretty cool. So yeah, that course. makes me smile when I think of that. <laughs> you are cool. Oh, man. I um, wasn't like, you know, the most popular, the most like outgoing 13 year old. So just I think a 13 year old me for first of all, not believe that I'm doing what I'm doing. But I think 13 year old me would be inspired by me to 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 pursue whatever it is that I wanted to do at that time, which is probably play softball. And um, I just, I think I lacked a little bit of confidence as 13 year old me. So I try to, I try to talk about that a lot too, uh, the importance of confidence. So. Yeah. And obviously you're probably a very good public speaker now as well. So there are also these like intangible skills that you pile up along the way. Thank you. Yes. I'll, I'm so glad that you talked about that because I talk about that with my students all the time. I was actually an English teacher. Oh. So I think the, the importance of really reading and writing and practicing that as much as possible is definitely important and definitely a big part of where, a big part of why I am where I am today is just the ability to communicate is is huge. Definitely. Yeah, that's how you, you reach people, so... So Stephanie, what, I mean, I guess we haven't talked about the obvious thing here. Um, you know, you're obviously a woman in the hobby that is, uh-huh. I mean, for better or worse, it's, it's dominated by men probably um, for the most part. How does it feel, you know, just, just being a woman breaker or woman entrepreneur, or even just, um, you know, a brand like Mama Breaks, is it any different at all? And maybe, maybe it isn't just curious. I mean, I don't know if I can say if it's any different or not, because I don't know the male experience, I guess you'd say, but I, um, I think it's male dominated because of the stigma around women being sports fans. And that's something that I've talked about that I've experienced on my life too. It's just kind of like, um, people assuming that you're not as uh, much of a fan because you're a girl. And I got that growing up a lot. Like, are you really a Dodger fan or who's your favorite player? Is it the most handsome guy on the team or something, something crazy like that. Right. And I think anybody that's grown up as a sports fanatic, as a woman can relate to that. And I think that's just more, more, more than anything, what it is, it's not necessarily being an entrepreneur or doing the breaking. So I've definitely 
I believe that I take every I assume positive intentions mm -hmm. from everyone and I try to be as positive as possible because I mean I don't have time to worry about little things like that I, I want to keep pushing forward and like I have very much focused on my goal which I just talked about and my dream so I I don't know. I don't know if it's been very different necessarily, but I wouldn't change it. So excellent. <laughs> proud of uh, proud of being a woman in this industry, being a female breaker. And I think it's only the beginning. More yeah. of us will come. I mean, I think it's important to have influencers like you in the hobby so that someone like my daughter can say, that's cool. Like Absolutely. these breaks are cool. That's something I'd like to do. She might like sports anyway, but not think that like, hey, I maybe I can be an influencer in the sports world. Um, so it's nice that you can kind of represent that, I think. Absolutely. There's so many options. And I told this to like my brother, my brother, my sisters don't really like cards, but my brother is very into cards. He's a 17 year old. He plays baseball. And I just saw him the opportunities that he has just diving into this, this hobby, this industry, they could be have so many different connections with like if he wants to be a sports reporter or he wants to be a baseball scout I think we've talked about like him possibly wanting to be like a statistician where he just goes to games all day and crunches numbers like that's something that you know just putting yourself out there and immersing yourself in an industry can bring you those opportunities like you, you're able to build those relationships so it's not necessarily just be an influencer, but be whatever it is that you want to be with whatever it is that you love. So, yeah, yeah, it's like a, a whole wide world of opportunity for sure. Mm -hmm. So, Stephanie, what what is the the most expensive or crazy box that you guys have broken, and what has been like your best pull, like your entire time doing this, or your most memorable one, or? You know, mm. it doesn't have to be the most expensive hit, just be like the most surprising one or whatever. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because the my first thought of like the most expensive box I've ever broken was probably at the All-Star game where we did the Fanatics Live debut. And I was ripping with um with Scott and Fanatics Live team and different baseball players. But I honestly can't even I don't even remember what I broke. It was just such a like mind-blowing experience that I think I was just like on autopilot and I'm like damn what did we break that day I know it was Tops Chrome because that was cool because we we were breaking it before release but I'm pretty sure we did like diamond icons or something crazy like that but um yeah I don't remember what we pulled <laughs> cards were just flying around and uh, Our, who knows what happened life right? was just happening yeah <laughs> life was awesome. just happening at that moment but my most memorable pull which actually wasn't pulled by me has to be the the Darth Vader Super Fractor one of one that we pulled out of 2022 Galaxy Chrome so the short story behind that is that you know I set up at a card show in San Diego and uh a woman and her boyfriend walked up to our table and I just, you know, naturally always want to make sure that everyone feels welcome. And if they don't know much about cards that they've hopefully walk away from my table, knowing a little more and wanting to be interested in it. So I asked her if she was a star Wars fan. She said, yes, I try to kind of entice her to like open a pack. I gave her a free pack of something. And then she decided, you know, she wants to buy a $20 pack of 2022 galaxy Chrome to try it out. 
she buys it and out she pulls the one of one Darth Vader super fractor portrait, which I had done a couple of like videos about weeks prior to that being probably one of the most significant galaxy chrome sets is the portrait set. So the the Yoda, the Luke, and the Vader were the best hits possible and and like i told you the values on these are still very subjective because they're so new there's nothing to compare it to it's modern like chrome star wars so we can only speculate what the worth is on that right and um yeah when she pulled it i was like yeah that's huge awesome. out of a 20 dollar pack and then a few months later you know we convince her because she's asking me you know what is it worth and i told her exactly what i'm telling you we can't we don't really know like, I know it's not worth less than 10000 for sure. So we kind of just, she was convinced to, to send it off to Golden. They graded it at a PSA 9, and Steve Aoki bought it for $26,000. Oh, my God. That's awesome. So she walked in, got excited by a pack, <laughs> and walked out with essentially twenty six grand after uh, getting that thing graded. That is awesome. And good on Golden for getting it graded in helping her do that and obviously increasing the price. So absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Wow. It's mm -hmm. it's funny to me. I mean, this tells me you're a true Star Wars fan. You're at an all-star game, you're opening a baseball pack, you have no idea what happened or what you pulled, <laughs> but you remember you remember the Darth Vader one of one um from that oh, situation. Which is it's so not, cool. it's the all-star game is because I just, you know, that was a childhood dream come true. Sure. Just going to the all-star game. Like that was one of these most incredible experiences. And to think that I could sit and open baseball cards with, I sat by Albert Pujols, who I adored growing up, Whit Merrifield, um, Pete Alonso, I had a conversation with, Moogie Betts and Freddie Freeman were right behind me, just kind of like, I need to get better at being more aware in those moments because I just felt like a dream. You know? Now, now you've <laughs> got your own card too, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's in awesome. Top Fig League. Do you have a PSA 10 of that card? I do because my husband bought it for me. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I that's do awesome. have one. Actually. I'll have to get one and have you sign it for uh, for my collection. I asked Jeff Wilson to sign his too, so it'd be awesome. Of course, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so just a couple more questions. I know I, I didn't want to keep you here too long. Um, one I've been asking you know, a few of the guests, this is kind of high level. If you had a thousand bucks, you're just like a 20-something or even a teenager coming into the hobby, you got a thousand bucks to blow, not blow, to spend on cards, potentially invest, have a little fun. What do you think you would do that that thousand bucks? Am I giving advice here or what I would personally do? Oh, man, I guess it'd be cool to hear what you would do, right? If you were in their shoes. Like just starting out? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'd just buy something and try to 10 exit or do you think you'd oh, absolutely you know, not. Sp spread it no. out and try to, you know, no, get a break no. or two? Oh, you mean like, okay, I guess I'm trying to figure out because there's different things. Like if you just, oh, you just want to get started. Sure. Yeah. You want to get started. Yeah. You're you're starting from zero. There'll be a little bit of it that's collecting. And then, you know, obviously okay. you want some appreciation at some point in time. Like, what do you think is a good investment? Um, well, my advice, my best advice on that is always get something that you're emotionally attached to that you enjoy because that's always going to be worth it for you in the end. If you go out and try to buy things that other people are telling you to buy or you think you're going to hit big with the prospect, like let's say Victor Wimbanyama and make money down the line, I don't I just think that 
it's not what's going to make you happy. So just kind of, I guess my first thing would be to tell somebody to, who's your favorite player of all time and try to get like a, if you have a thousand, like you said, you're just starting. So if you have a thousand bucks, try to get like a, you know, you can get a really decent rookie card of your favorite player of all time. Try to get like a two, $250 card, maybe hopefully like an auto or a numbered card in a PSA 10, always PSA 10. Mm-hmm. So get that first to hold on to. Uh, definitely use a couple hundred bucks to open a box of something that you think looks gorgeous. You know, like if you're a baseball fan, I'd suggest Topps Chrome. If you're a Star Wars fan, I'd suggest Galaxy Chrome. And those are only two, three hundred dollars each. So we're like, what, at the five hundred mark right now? And then. Um, what else? Definitely use a couple hundred to join some breaks. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing of just product that you enjoy being ripped. Like be, uh, if you enjoy watch being ripped and then save the other couple hundred for a card show and support like a vendor, support a vendor that treats you well. And yeah, that's it. That's really cool. That's kind of a, I like the diversified play there. Collect something you like, take a little mm-hmm. bit of a gamble and a break and then buy a box that's like actually fun to open and then a little Yourself. bit of supporting your your local or regional car show too. go spend a little money at a table i think that's that's awesome advice $1000 yeah. well spent if you can really like support someone who you think maybe is just starting off as a vendor too like they're maybe they're setting up at their first car show and te- you know treats you well i think that's a solid solid investment in into starting your first potential positive relationship in the hobby because once you start really like wheeling and dealing and trying to sell your own cards and trying to get deals on your own cards, you're going to realize that building positive relationships is the absolute number one most important thing. So yeah, I'm very happy with that answer, actually. <laughs> Positivity <laughs> is really important in the hobby. You know, it's so easy to get negative and say that card's crap or, you know, this isn't going anywhere or, you know, that's just a shiny thing that won't matter in 20 years. But if you just have some positive vibes, just everybody likes different things. Everybody collects different stuff. I think that's important too. just, just be positive. So it's a good message. Yeah. Just remember that there, I don't know. I like to say like, remember we're just, this is a hobby first and first foremost, we're here to have fun and it's no fun if you're, it's no fun for the person that you're speaking negatively towards. And it's no fun for you either. Like who, who feels good when they tell somebody that their card is junk. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, so last question, Stephanie. The we ask everybody this question. It's the the coffee question. For you, I'm gonna expand it. Usually we ask if you can get a coffee with any sports figure, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Because you're a Star Wars fan, I'll expand it a little bit and I'll say actor or actress as well. So who would that be oh, and why? Man. So sit down for a couple hours, you know, have a coffee. No, it 100% needs to be playing Kershaw. The more and more like his career progresses and just like think about on my life and how like the ups and downs of my life have, have gone. I just feel like Kershaw and I have been in tune. I know this is nuts to say about somebody because he has no idea who I am, but I just would really just want to talk to him for even 30 minutes and just tell him that I appreciate him and and his journey and and what he's gone through and just being like playing his sport 
with all his heart and seeing that he loves it and continuing to like dominate after having some pretty pretty tough outings and like all this criticism around him like not being playing well in the playoffs and all that and and still like going on to having one of the greatest careers in baseball like lowest ERA in baseball of all time and now hopefully you know we win another world series with him and he can retire I just think he is uh he he has inspired me a lot so yeah one of the greatest pitchers ever for sure. Mm-hmm. Sad he's on the Dodgers. I'm I'm just outside of Boston. So <laughs> I'm still upset about Mookie Betts. It's okay. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> um, so thank you, Stephanie. This has been awesome. Um, it's been really cool to kind of get your perspective on things, both um, as a breaker and an entrepreneur and a mom. And uh, it's really cool. So if anyone in the audience wants to join a break, or get in touch with you some other way? What's the best way for them to do that? Uh, Definitely Instagram is my main form of social media. I post almost every day on there. And then my website, mamabreakscards.live. You can contact me there and there's other info about me. But the best way to to really like just talk to me is live on Fanatics Live. I'm live five days a week probably three of those five days I'm the one in the chair so you could just pop in and say hi and you can have some fun very cool I'm sure they will um thanks again everyone so this has been another episode of sports card madness you can find us on apple spotify we have a youtube channel and I'll catch you next week